When you watched Batman as a kid, you enjoyed the colorful heroes and villains, the text sound effects on the screen, the thrill of watching a heroic crime fighter escaping from death traps and taking down bad guys. But the show was devised to interest adults, too. What did you miss as a kid? Sexual innuendo. The penguin's too small for me. Closeted gay characters. I like that cape, Batman. Freudian death traps. Has the giant clam really swallowed Robin? Police incompetence. Bruce Wayne is a millionaire playboy. <laughs> Hardly a secret identity for Batman. <laughs> Whether you're a kid or an adult, there's something to like about our favorite caped crusader. Tim and Paul dig for the deeper meanings under the Batmania every other Thursday. What's the podcast's name? To the Batpoles. To the Batpoles. To the Batpoles. You're listening to TV Tangents, a retro TV podcast. Well, hello, Rebecca. Well, hello, Natalie. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And I think right now we're going to be talking about a show that we pulled out of the hat. Give us some time. We'll draw some more here coming up. But we wanted to get to uh, this show. And it's That Girl that was a listener suggestion. And I had never even really seen the premise of That Girl prior to this listener suggestion. I mean, I think I kind of did once I started watching it. But it's all very new to me. Yeah, I can't remember watching it. Uh, Maybe I walked past the TV. I was aware of it. And Mm -hmm. I was aware of the premise. And I do remember it being a precursor to the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm -hmm. Those shows are very similar in their theme. Yes. Um, That girl was on ABC from 1966 to 1971. And it starred Marlo Thomas as Anne Marie, an aspiring actress who moves from Brewster, New York, to New York City. And then she has to take odd jobs to make ends meet. So that's very much the setup of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. And she, I read a lot about that too with uh, Marlo Thomas wanting it to be, you know, kind of a thing where you see women as independent and they don't necessarily have to uh, just be married and be in the background. Um, And yeah, she does a great job. She, I love that she moves out of her parents' house in Brewster, as you said, into a giant apartment in New York. <laughs> um, we always love talking about sitcoms and people that move into these apartments in New York City and how much that would really cost. Um, but yeah, she's the, you know, the beginning of this, again, it's very, I'm so, there's a lot of 60s sitcoms that have kind of the same, just, what word am I looking for? Not like the, not the same kind of slick situation. The but same just, vibe. The same vibe. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. interesting because it was, you know, again, having watched the monkeys, having just watched a ton of shows from the sixties, I'm like, okay, same vibe. And early on, I actually had a hard time. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through a lot of this, a lot of these episodes, but like most shows I've watched over time, if you, you just got to give it a few and then you can get into it. And I really actually enjoyed this once I started watching it because again, a lot of it's very much the same, like so many of the same scenarios, episode after episode, 
But I love Marlo Thomas, and she does a really great job, I think, of making it, keeping it interesting, even throughout, you know, all five seasons. It was actually still pretty good, so. Yeah, and she's always smiling, even when she's upset. Mm-hmm. She does kind of a frowny smile. It's yeah. cute. She's yeah. always it's kind of like cute. a pouty, yeah, super cute. Yeah. And, and there's like, never... Yeah. She does, she and Donald have a really cute relationship. And even like later on, um, like in the last season when he gives her an engagement ring and there's a whole misunderstanding about it, she's like, you would expect that the plot would say that she's, you know, upset that he gave her someone else's ring and blah, blah, blah. And, but she's not, and she's Mm -hmm. with it. And then he's like, I love you because you don't have drama and you don't get all like, crazy about stuff because she's always upbeat and fun yeah and this was one of the first sitcoms whose main character was an unmarried woman living alone and wasn't somebody's maid or living with someone else or their parents and part of the feminist message of the show is that Amory didn't have to look for a husband to be fulfilled she just Mm -hmm. met Don by chance so then in the end when they were engaged we never actually see them get married Right. Which Marla Thomas consciously did not want us to see them get married because she wanted you to see that she is who she is with or without Donald. He's just a bonus. And she wanted women to understand that's not what your end game has to be is to get married to a man so that you can have whatever, you know, you can still just do what you want to do. And, and Donald then, you know, was mostly very progressive. There were times mm-hmm. when it was like, oh, this is a very 60s guy, but yeah, not all the time. No, I mean, it seemed okay. He seemed okay with a lot of her, you know, and again, there's always like the misunderstandings where some random guys in the apartment or whatever. Um, but yeah, they kind of had a really good understanding for each other. And like you said, no drama. There is the one where she gets jealous of his secretary. Um, But the secretary is trying to move in on him because he's not married yet, which is also an interesting concept to me. How many people are like, she, even in their relationship before they were engaged, she's like, well, he's my boyfriend. Oh, but you're not engaged yet. Or like, so then it's like, oh, then it's fair game. And so it was always, that was always very interesting to me. Um, I've been there. It's the same way with musicians. Just FYI. (laughs) Oh, you're not married then? Mm. Oh, okay then. (laughs) Well, very, very interesting. And lots of slapstick, of course. There's just tons of, uh, there was one where Anne-Marie was doing a commercial, like a ton of commercials for one product. And it was all in the same episode. And she gets killed basically in each one. I mean, like they had her doing this crazy stuff, like, she went over like Niagara Falls in a boat. And then like, you'll see her next and she'll just be like, oh yeah, my head kind of hurts a little bit. And I was like, now, I mean, she like, I like she jumped out of a plane and the parachute didn't open. Like it was really like bizarre over the top things. And she was actually doing these things and then wasn't really ever hurt. So I just thought like, how funny is that? That there was all this. Cause it's fun. There's nothing nothing like risky or sad about the things that go on in this world. And that's what I want from a 1960s sitcom. It's like, it is so much like the monkeys. Yeah. And also her clothes 
sometimes are so amazing, especially in the last season. Yes. When her hair got all long and her like her hair was amazing in the last her season. Her hair was amazing. And like the the episode where she gets engaged, first she's wearing like this amazing multicolored like pantsuit with a choker. Mm-hmm. And then later when the guy comes to get his ring, she's wearing this black and white striped robe with a red sash that I'm like. I need to right now figure out how to make clothes mm-hmm. because I need this so bad. These yeah. clothes were amazing. Everything was like very geometric and colorful and fun and yeah. so amazing. I know she had great clothes that I even remembered. I just watched an episode where she had on, and again, it would be something that somebody would wear now. It was like a simple white dress that had maybe like some black patterns on it, but she had on her upper arm, a, like a bracelet on her upper, like on her bicep. Mm, it was like that. one of those wraparound kind of things. And I was just like, man, she is so cool. And yeah, she, her style got way better over. I mean, and again, it changed with the times too, because we went like sixties into the early seventies. And, uh, so yeah, just early on, I mean, her first hairdo with the flip up at the bottom and she had bangs. And then when she switched over in season five, I was like, oh my God, her hair looks great now. And she seemed to have gotten tanner that last, <laughs> that last Probably. season. Too. But yeah. Yeah. It was good. Her hair got longer and Don's uh, mutton chops got bigger. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. It was very 70s there. Um, this show was developed by... Uh, the head writers of Dick Van Dyke's show, Bill Persky and Sam Denoff. But then um, Marlo Thomas had, she was a producer of the show. So that's Mm -hmm. why she had a lot of hand in the themes of the show and, and the feminist ideas. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think you could kind of tell, yeah, how they wanted the direction to go. And then when I read later that she wanted herself, you know, that her character to be portrayed a certain way. Um, And she, you know, she runs from, she's an aspiring actress. So she kind of goes all over and gets different gigs. And towards the end, there was one where she was going to be like the producer of a play that her dad wanted to be in. It was very interesting. Um, But yeah, her parents were like a big part of the show and they, her dad, of course didn't really like donald and you know i guess who likes the guy that's gonna marry their daughter um, i mean he goes back and forth her yeah. dad owns that restaurant and remember yeah. how don is he's a writer mm-hmm. and he's written this novel that he carries around i guess it's the only copy because Anne loses it at one point oh that's right and she never does read the novel, but she convinces her dad to convince one of his patrons, who's a publisher, to read it. So her dad reads it, and it turns out this mo- this novel is smut, basically, <laughs> is what he calls it, but not really. It's just very progressive, and so yeah. he's very upset about that, and yeah, <laughs> it, it was interesting, and she ends up reading it, and I'm like, oh, okay, but then the the publisher wants to turn it into something else and yeah, make it even smuttier than it is. And Donald's like, no, but yeah. I thought that was interesting too, how they made it kind of a, like, I'm not, I, I mean, they don't tell you what's going on, but it sounds like the woman in it who Anne's father thinks is modeled after her is kind of loose and <laughs> yeah. things are going on that yeah. you would assume were going on on the show, but not really. Yeah. 
I like her how her dad always assumes things about like he'll show up at the apartment and Donald will be there and then he'll say something like whatever and he's like how would you know what her bedroom looks like and it's just hilarious all the different things or somebody had to spend the night there the one time or whatever it was then the one guy was like pretending to be her protector when she thought someone was after her and he was actually the guy making the phone calls and he was pretending to be a police officer and uh but yeah her dad is just an interesting guy they he was always trying to like i don't know if it's one up donald or whatever but they had they were playing a game of monopoly and it was hilarious it was just like this big old like competition about the places and then they end the game because somebody doesn't have enough money and then they're fighting about that later and her dad's like i didn't lose and Donald's like, oh, no, it's fine. We just ended, you know, and he goes, yeah, it ended in a draw because I didn't lose. And, and they won't let it go. And she, her and her mom are like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And Maria is played by Marlo Thomas, who was born Margaret Julia Thomas in Detroit and raised in Beverly Hills, California. And her father is comedian Danny Thomas. Yes. Of the Danny Thomas show. And she had small parts in several TV shows like the Donna Reed show, Ben Casey, and My Favorite Martian before she was cast in a London production of Barefoot in the Park, which then led to her getting noticed for an ABC pilot called Two's Company, which was never picked up. And then she was approached for her own series. Um, and that was That Girl. Nice. And she was executive producer under the moniker Daisy Productions. And she has been married one time. Do you know to whom? To Phil Donahue. That's right. In 1977, she was a guest on Phil Donahue's talk show. And the two of them fell in love immediately. And isn't that cute? They said it was love at first sight. I never knew that that was how they met or anything. I always knew that they were together, but I didn't know that. And they were married on my birthday in 1988, my fifth birthday. Um, she was 43 and he was 45. And they're still married. They are still married. And she is also, of course, Rachel's mom. That's right. She I'm is friends. Rachel's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I don't believe in real life that Marlo Thomas has any actual children. Um, but, no, I don't think so. But Rachel Green is her daughter and always will be. That's right. She was a fun mom. She was like, I'm going to get out on the town, Rachel. What do you kids do? And it was exactly. Yeah. And still so cute and perky and smiley. Yeah. She was awesome on Friends, actually, as much as we love Friends, but she is, she plays Sandra Green, Rachel's mom, and she comes to the big city to visit her daughter. And that's when she tells her she's going to divorce her dad and then wants to be all fun and having fun with the kids. Um, and she is great. She's on there. Um, you know, a couple of different times or whatever for that episode, Rachel's birthday. And then of course, when she's going to have the baby. Um, but yes, Marlo Thomas is great. Super cute. Then we have Donald Hollinger, who is played by Ted Bessel. And he was born Howard Weston Bessel Jr. In Flushing, New York in 1935. So obviously his dad's name is Howard Weston Bessel but his dad went by Buster. So Buster and Ted. (laughs) So nobody's going by Howard. Uh, I see. So why? I've never understood the whole junior thing, but then I'm going to call you something else. But call you something completely different. 
Whatever. So Ted Bessel was a musical prodigy at the age of 12 when he performed a piano recital at Carnegie Hall. And which is interesting because there are occasions in the show where he does play the piano and he sings Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. He initially wanted a career in classical music, but then in college, he decided to switch to acting. And he had some roles before and after that girl. He had an unsuccessful sitcom in 1972 called Me and the Chimp, in which he played a dentist who takes in a runaway chimpanzee. (laughs) How did that fail? Oh, my gosh. No kidding. Then in 1975, he played Mary's boyfriend, Joe Warner, in the Mary Tyler Moore show. I don't remember that episode at all. I mean, you know what? I didn't know who he was before. I remember, mm. now that you said that, I kind of remember Mary having that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't know who he was when we watched Mary Tyler Moore show. So I gotcha. wouldn't have remembered that that's He wouldn't have. Okay. Well, later uh, he directed for the Tracy Allman show. And he passed away of an aortic aneurysm in 1996 at age 61. So he's, he's a cute guy. He's a cute guy. He's very talented. He's a stand-up guy for Anne-Marie. And like we said, he is progressive. Mm-hmm. And he, he does at one point, he writes an article, like an anti-feminist article about yeah. women's lib. And she gets mad at him about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you're not one of those women libbers or whatever. And she's like, wait, what? She's like, I sure am. Like, and did we just meet? She, she convinces him to go to like a women's lib meeting and then it gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they all get stuck in the elevator. Of course. Because slapstick. Dr. Leon Bessemer is played by Daphne Coleman. He's one of Anne's neighbors and he's an obstetrician. Judy Bessemer is played by Bonnie Scott. She's Dr. Leon's wife and Anne's neighbor. And she's the first person that she meets. She meets her in the first episode. And she's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. A very interesting voice and delivery. <laughs> now, and isn't she the one? Okay, so in the very beginning, because it's been a while since I watched the beginning, wasn't she like all like watching their baby or something too? Like, and they all live right there. And then it's like, they're just, you know, apartment i swear that's the couple that she was like babysitting their baby when somebody had he wasn't home or he was delivering a baby i don't even remember i just remember that now it could be because there's another time when she watches a different neighbor's baby yeah when that's when um Mm. donald proposes to her he's going to take her to this play that she's been wanting to see but she ends up like agreeing to babysit a baby so this might have been the second time that she babysat a baby could be because i didn't realize in the first couple episodes that judy was even married like i think she mentions it but i thought she was just another single lady down the hall yeah i thought so too and it was kind of like and i looked around at like some different people i was trying to figure out who was who but yeah i was like yeah i kind of was getting confused who was neighbors who were just friends and all of that so yeah yeah i also didn't watch everything chronologically so that would have helped yeah um jerry bauman is played by bernie koppel uh he's one of donald's uh co-workers at news view magazine and bernie koppel plays doc on the love boat 
Yes. He's very clean cut in this show and very young. And after the first season of that girl, Jerry and Ruth live next door, his wife, Ruth, they live next door to Anne in apartment C and Ruth is very rarely seen. And she's Mm -hmm. actually played by three different women. I was just going to say, when I was looking up, I was like, oh, that's right. Because all of a sudden, somebody else would show up and I'd be like, wait, who's that now? It may have been their baby who she was watching. It might have been. Because, yeah, then I was like super confused about who was who and who was doing what. Yeah. Yeah. She talks or he talks about Ruth, but we don't see her except for three times. And yeah, it's really weird. Yes. Um, Donald's mother, Mildred, is played by Mabel Albertson. Okay, we have to talk about this. Okay, go for it. (laughs) The first episode I saw when Mrs. Hollinger shows up. Okay, let's keep in mind, I'm also watching Wings during this time. I I swore just by the way she was talking. And I I feel like I, in my brain, because I now I know who Mabel Albertson actually is. But I'm like, that's Faye on Wings. <laughs> and then hmm. I, I and then I had remember my Dr. Oz versus that other guy yes, from yes. Perfect Strangers. Okay. I'm like, oh, a hundred percent. And if I go back and watch it, I'm like, it's a hundred percent her. So of course I'm mm. like Googling who is who, and it's not because <laughs> Rebecca Shull plays Faye on Wings. Yeah. And yeah. it's not Mabel Anderson. But I had to have a freak out moment because I was like convinced. I'm like, oh, there's a hundred percent no doubt in my mind that that's who that is. I think you're getting your worlds mixed up. I totally was. And then when I looked up Mabel, I'm like, oh, well, that's why she's familiar. And I'm like, so believe me, though, my brain is still exploding from it because I don't. I was like, (laughs) yeah, too much. It's too many. Seriously, it's like Dr. Oz slash whatever. I know I apparently shouldn't be watching more than one show at one time because I get easily confused. So why is she familiar? From Bewitched. Yes, she plays. Uh, I want to. I almost said Ursula, and it's not Ursula because that is somebody completely. She plays Esmeralda, <laughs> right? No, she plays Darren's mom. Yes, Darren's mom. Why did I yes. say Esmeralda is is what's her name's mom? Esmeralda is. Am I Samantha's aunt? Okay, well, let's just pretend I'm not <laughs> because I can't think of <laughs> names for the life of me right now. I, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, no, I'm thinking. Okay. See, that's why. Yeah. I think I'm you're right. hangry. I, I think, think you need I, a drink. I, I, I am hangry. <laughs> I have been cleansing for three weeks and I am hangry. Um, you need this two chicks vodka. I do. I, I should be drinking. I'd probably have better, better. I shouldn't say that. I that's a even, very bad, very bad influence. I, I apparently, I feel like I've been drinking because I can barely get to <laughs> so, Good times. This, by the way, is elderflower and pear, and I love pear flavor, so that's good stuff. Sounds good. All right, so anyway. So sorry about that. You know what? That's why we do this show on the fly. That's true. True. Fine. Fine. Okay. Also, Ruth Buzzy from Laughing plays Anne's friend, Pete. Pete. That's another thing. I also thought she was the same neighbor who had just changed people. I could change actresses at one point. She just showed up all of a sudden, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. So now Ruth Buzzy is here and she being called Pete. And then they set her up with a guy and it was weird because she's like a tomboy. And so it was like the whole thing was bizarre for me. 
you said tomboy. Um, yeah, the uh, the 60s sitcoms, they don't always offer you an explanation. True. They're just like, this is happening this week. Um, you don't need to know anything else. You're not going to remember it next week anyway. So mm-hmm. let's just move on. Right. I was like, okay. Another person that we see in this show that I only know because I was looking at the page is George Carlin. Mm-hmm. He plays Anne's agent in one episode and I would not have recognized him. And I even, I looked up which episode it was. I watched the episode and I was, and I missed it. I was like, where is he? I did not see him. I don't think He's I saw super straight laced the episode. I think George Carlin with short hair and a suit and tie looks like every other guy in a 60s sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, his personality is like his defining factor, kind of. Yeah. And he didn't look like him. It, maybe I did see that and I don't remember because I'm like, hmm, interesting. There's a couple agents in the show and he plays yeah. uh, the agent one time. It's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway. I have to say, too, that Bert Hollinger, which is Donald's father, was played by two people. Um but at one point he was played by Frank Phelan and Frank Phelan is famous to me because he's in it's a wonderful life. And he plays, um, the cab driver, uh, Ernie. No, that's the cop. Bert. No, Bert's the cop. Ernie is the cab driver. Good God. Really? Bert and Ernie? They are really Bert and Ernie. And that's okay. Um, so yeah, I was like, I, of course I recognize him right away. Cause I've seen it's a wonderful, like 472 times. So, um, I just had that's to 471 that. times more than I've seen it. There you go. True story. Cause you haven't seen it. Um, but I did want to say a couple people that just randomly popped in were Cloris Leachman played Donald's sister. Mm-hmm. She showed up in an episode and Barry Williams makes an appearance as just what? a little kid outside of the studio, and he asks for Anne's autograph when she shows up to be part in a play. Adorable. I didn't see that one. It was so, I was like, oh my God, it's Greg Brady. It was awesome. So, yeah. And Penny Marshall also was just a random worker in a library on one episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I always find those people that I just kind of pick out. Oh, and Davy's grandpa was on the, an episode. <laughs> Davy's, not Davy's real grandpa, Davy no. Jones's. Grandpa in an episode Davey of the Jones Monkeys. on the TV show, The Monkeys. Grandpa was on this show. So. If you've ever seen it. Um, yeah. So I had started watching that girl a while ago and I had some notes on my phone and I got a new phone. Oh, no. I thought awesome. that all of my notes were in it, like in the cloud. And somehow this one was not. Because oh, it's no. like my phone knows which notes I really need. Ah. Uh. Hmm. I have 126 notes on my phone and it didn't carry over this one. Wow. I was going to say, if I lost my notes on my phone, I would be very, very upset because I make a lot of random notes on my phone about everything in life. (laughs) So I checked it three times. I was like, yep, everything's there. Everything's there. (sighs) But anyway, so it's fine because I didn't have a ton of notes, but like. I didn't either. A lot of, like I said, a lot of the stuff is the same. It's hard to, you know, there's no. There's no like continuing storyline. 
There's no, you know, mm-hmm. we're used to, there are a lot of uh, sitcoms that we've watched over time, especially later on, where there's a storyline that you kind of follow or a progression of things that happens. And their relationship pretty much stayed the same until, of course, they got engaged. But, um, I mean, I think it was still a very fun show to watch. I mean, it was like I didn't, I could have it on at times, like in the background, but it was like, you know, I'd want to kind of run in and be like, oh, what just happened? Um, so it kept my attention. And uh, lots of funny little storylines here and there, you know, like little, she has to be a spy for somebody, you know, does little different things. She got trapped in a bed in her parents' basement. I don't know if you saw that one. She went, (laughs) like, she went back to stay at her parents' house. They were going out of town and she heard a noise in the basement, goes down there. A window is flapping open because it's not sealed. She can't reach it because it's so high up. So she pushes. Oh, by the way. And then, of course, the door closed. She got locked in the basement. Of course. And then she pushes a bed over that's already folded. It's still folded up. And she pushes that over to try to get to the window. And then when she gets on it, she falls in between and the bed's still latched. So she gets wedged into the bed. And then somehow Donald comes to see her and just goes in the house apparently. And then she starts screaming for him. And then he comes down, finds her. Their parents come home because they couldn't get a hold of her on the phone. And so then when they come home, Donald's in the basement with her. The bed's now unfolded and they're sitting there. And then, of course, her dad freaks out. Of course, <laughs> of course. It's just so lots of random t- things to me that were like, this is so stupid, yet it's so funny to me. I was like, OK, this is awesome. So it's it's really refreshing and happy. Yeah. And that's what I want. And let me tell you something, Tangent. Earlier today, I was working, and so I decided I'm going to watch some more of that girl, like, because I watched a lot of the beginning and end. Mm-hmm. So I was going to watch some more. And then I was like, oh, got distracted by my TV telling me that there's a show called Chicago Med. And so I was like, there's some hotties on this show. So <laughs> I decided to turn on Chicago Med, and I got about 20 minutes into it, and it was so disturbing me like every moment of it was sad and horrible and blood yeah. and i was like nope i'm going to that girl i'm not watching this yep. before i don't want drama and sadness in my shows i know and it's I want like, happiness yeah and it was like a simpler time of you know like it was funny because i always make notes about things that change over time and you know she made reference one time to getting an expensive uh, meal at a restaurant and it was seven fifty, and that was really expensive. Yes. Um, and then she's in a grocery store and she gets two full bags of groceries and the clerk tells her it's four fifty. Um, so there's just wow. like little things like that, that at a candy bar was like 10 cents. And I was just like, her engagement you know, ring cost $950 initially. Yeah. For a one carrot with some baguettes on the side. Yeah. And it was all like, that's too expensive. You have to, you know, like, yeah get that down or whatever. And so, yeah, all of those little things like that. I just, and I love to w- look back at the old stuff because that's, yeah, it's a simpler time. And then definitely this show is just kind of like a feel good show. There wasn't really yeah. ever one that was like a, didn't have a happy ending. So. And just the style of it, very monkeys, very laughing, mm-hmm. very monsters, very fun. And a ton of those crossover actors and actresses whose names I don't know, but you know, like we just mentioned, but um like the lady who buys international steel at 38 and a half. She's in that too, for sure. So <laughs> if you watch the monkeys and you watch yeah. that girl, you would know what I was talking about. There's tons of exactly the same. So they know, they know. Exactly. Work hard, play hard, get plenty of roughage in your diet. Someday yes. you'll own this hotel. 
<laughs> oh, right on. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about that girl? I don't think so. Although I really like want my rainbows. life to be like that every day. I want somebody to be like having like talking, then go that girl. And then I can freeze frame and I'll then, do it. and then we'll have a theme song, which I also okay. like that. There weren't words to the theme song until the fifth season. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like rainbows, handbags, shoe horns, that girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what is this? They're just saying random things. Yeah. They're just like <laughs> listing off things in life. And then that girl, it's like, okay. <laughs> what? And her, and her montage at the beginning, you know, it's just, again, it's very, you know, just like Mary, Mary Tyler Moore walking through the city. It's just, it's again. Yeah. She's like, it's, wow, look. I've lived in New York City for four years and look at this place. <laughs> Never been around here before. Love it. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming back to the show, everybody. And yes. thank you for uh, whoever suggested that girl because we loved it and it brought some brightness to our days. It did. It did indeed. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And what else do we have? TikTok, Twitter. And Twitter. Oh yeah, but we have the TikToks I now. Can't we should we do the like some TikToks with some theme songs or something. Wouldn't that oh, be fun? Oh, we should. We're gonna figure out this TikTok thing. We will. We will. You guys TikTok scares me because I'm old, but yeah, we will figure it out. That's okay. All you have to do is do what I tell you, and then I'll okay. film it, and you'll film <laughs> it. Okay, perfect. perfect. They have filters. They have filters that make you oh even look better. Okay, so that will like look awesome. way younger. This is what I want. Love it. Yeah. Um, and also come on over to our Patreon because we have a new um, segment. It's, um, what am I trying to say? We have a new feature where we give you some historical things in TV history that have happened this week. It's not an audible thing. It's a written thing, but I just have a little, you know, this week in TV history that comes out every week. We also have bonus episodes you can't get here and you get to listen to our show a little bit early, a couple days early if you're on our Patreon. So come on over and support the show. We'd love to see you there. Yes, please do. All right. Bangles, bobbles, horse, that girl. girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Clink. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and also subscribe so you won't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love to hear from our listeners. For additional content, check us out at patreon.com slash tvtangents. I'm just going to start naming things that I see. <laughs> we'll just start Jerry singing that every so day, fun. like just anywhere when we're around somebody, I'll be like, or when I'm cooking. I'll be like, chicken, potatoes, roast beef, fat girl. I am going to do that. And nobody's going to, they're all going to look at me like I've lost my mind. I mean, most people do anyway, but. I want you to do that. I am. That should be our TikTok. We should just go around singing things that we see. (laughs) We should drive in the car and be filming TikToks and we'll just do that.